Oh, sometimes it's not easy to be not geopolitical. Snowden steals government information, says the U.S. is bad, and then gets Russian citizenship. <laughs> Palace intrigue, or just kind of intriguing, as the former chairman of um, China walks out or is escorted out. Which one was it? Xi Jinping has been re-elected. No surprise, but the surprise was trying to get a newspaper. And Japan starting to build up arms again, rebuilding its army to what it was like in World War II. Ayamaya. Monday, October 24th, 2022. I'm Stephen Sirsky. This here is my audio digest. And geopolitics, sometimes is the things I talk about, uh, it's hard not to, uh, I'll tell you. I live in Beijing, China. I work here. I live here. Uh, and uh, all the show notes and archives are available on my website, stephensersky.com. So if you want to take a look at some of the uh, other stuff I've done before, it's all there. Or through Spotify, Apple, and Google. That's where you can find this podcast. And uh, I I want to presage this episode, presage this episode with this whole idea that it is very difficult to avoid being geopolitical when you're an expat. Uh, I know, I guess some people are, but I'll tell you, even the people who say, I don't like talking about geopolitics as an expat, more often than not, they have some political opinion that will boil up at some point. It just, it, it's, it does. Uh, there are very few people, I don't know anyone, who can literally walk away from a discussion of politics uh, in any, and not have anything to say or any opinion. There's maybe a few, maybe a few, but uh, it's probably because they don't read about it at all. I mean, if anyone reads the news in any capacity, there's, they're going to have an opinion about something. It's, and usually it's going to be like, you know, United States is declining, U.S. dollar is going to end, and, you know, the world's all going to shit sort of thing. You know, kind of like, it's been like the entire, like, it hasn't changed very much over the years, uh, but uh, that's sort of the idea of what uh, what's happening. Um, so yeah, this, this weekend, actually, I'll tell you, it was very hard not to sort of pay attention to, uh, what's been going on in the, in the headlines for multiple reasons. So the big news, uh, out of here in China, uh, is that Xi Jinping has been reelected for a third term in, uh, here in China. So he's the chairman, he's the general secretary, and he has one other title for the military, I think. Uh, the, um, commander? I'm not sure what his military title is. Uh, so he has all three, and uh, he's part. Now there's all there's six or seven total for the standing committee for the CPC that's going to govern over China for the next five years. Um, the question is now: Are they going to stay there afterwards? Like, are they going to be reelected? Or uh, there was another guy, uh, Tsai Chi, uh, is um, he's sort of been he's the former mayor of Beijing. And some people are wondering if he's sort of uh, being groomed, if he's being prepared. I hate that word groomed. It's so, so odd. Uh, if he's sort of in the on track to be a potential chairman at some point down the line, if and when Xi Jinping uh, releases control sort of thing. Now, of course, the there was some other... <laughs> there, there was at least one comment I saw today that... Uh, it's like, yeah, congratulations to Xi Jinping, and you know, you joined the ranks of several other world leaders who've um, been uh, who've stayed for three terms. I'm like, yeah, but uh, they didn't change the constitution to do it. First of all, second of all, uh, they had crumbling uh, and very 
FDR was one, but that was like World War II. So it, there's a lot of sort of a, associations and also Canada. Like I brought up the point of Canada. Um, there's been a lot of people who served more than three elections, two or three elections, but it's the nature of the Canadian, um, what do you call it? The, the Canadian political election system because not like the states where every four years there's definitely an election in Canada it's every five years maximum there has to be an election so if the the party in power uh, goes uncontested uh, for five years then then they have to call an election however in that time given the Canadian diaspora the not sorry not diaspora the smorgasbord of political parties that make up the Canadian political scene um, if the minority government uh, teams up with like the tertiary government, like uh, the tertiary party, party not government, uh, minority government. So you have the majority, who would be usually liberals or conservatives, then you'd have uh, your minority government, and they can team up with the tertiary standing political party, and they can have a vote of non-confidence <laughs> in the majority holding uh, government. And then they could force an election, and so this has happened, or like over the last twenty year, twenty five years, I remember this happening several times, where it was like you'd have an election one year, then it'd be like eighteen months later there was another election. I think there was a period, uh, I'm not sure if it was Stephen Harper, Jean Chrétien was sort of uncontested in a lot of his stuff, but uh, Stephen Harper was contested quite a bit. Uh, Justin Trudeau as well. There was a time in the 90s, I think, actually, this is where Jean Chrétien sort of emerged as victorious, where there was at least one Prime Minister, Kim Thatcher. Not, sorry, not Kim Thatcher. Uh, Kim Campbell. There we go. So Kim Thatcher's a, the, the three-term lady in, um, in Britain. But Kim Campbell, she was in, uh, in, in office for like six months or something like that. So like, Kim Campbell, Liz Truss, kind of same thing, you know, where they, they get elected and then they're like, nah, this is, this is not it. <laughs> this is not anything to want anymore. Um, and at that time, like, the party was shifting all over the place. So, uh, but with this, you know, this congratulations to where Xi Jinping and, like, this analogy of, you know, he joins the ranks of these other, other the likes of other world leaders. I'm going, yeah, well, we have to add Putin to that one. And then uh, the guy in uh, Kim Jong-un, uh, in in North Korea, now, he's been there for a while as well. You kind of uncontested, even though technically uh, North Korea is a republic. Um, they say uh, China's a republic as well, and just that the most powerful party seems to be the CCP. And all of it, all of the the talk for the last week, basically, is Congress um, is that the CCP is going to the CPC, whatever it is. They uh, are. Have no plans to relinquish power over China. Like it, it, there's there's no there's no discussion of like multi party bipartisan nothing. It's one party one system. It's like this. Uh, it's not going to change. Not going. And he like Xi Jinping made a speech last week, and I've been trying to find a printed copy of it. The the opening speech for the, the for the Congress. Um, I uh, I found it online, but there's a, it was being translated. So I I so I've read some of it. I've listened to some of it. Uh, I have the MP3 files. If you want it, let me know. Uh, I can uh, send it to you, but it's translated. Um, he's speaking in the background, but the translator's over top of that. Uh, 
I was looking for a printed copy of it just so I could have it in Chinese. I have some of his written works in English, uh, and I think one of his books, one of his works, one of one set of speeches in Chinese as well. I can't remember. I thought thought it'd be kind of neat, uh, but. No surprise. I mean, with this whole Xi Jinping getting reelected, I mean, the, the issue is that will he will three will three be enough? Three terms be enough? Because Putin hasn't given up control, but he did. Then he came back, and he's like, which you kind of think a guy like Putin in a system like Russia, it's you kind of go. He probably took a look around. like I can do this. I may as well. So he did. It's a kind of like, you know, us mere mortals have this sort of, if I didn't, I would regret not having done it sort of thing. I mean, chances are he had this idea. It's like, you know, in 20 years, I'll regret not having done this if uh, if I know I can get it done. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of people think the same way sort of thing, just because that's 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 the game that they're playing. It's the it's the nature of the game that they're playing. Um so with all this, I, yeah, I mean, uh, I guess thankfully the the Congress is over. It's a little bit um, things should lighten up, but now I guess the the big question is like what's going to happen now. Uh, I can tell you the markets reacted. Uh, well, I, I, some people were saying it went down, but I'm going most of the, a lot of the stocks did go up, especially the tech companies. All the tech companies have been uh, jumping quite a bit, uh, which sort of indicates that there might be some sort of um, what would you call it like a um, an agreement between the government and the tech companies coming to coming to orders or coming to fruition now that uh, Xi Jinping is going to be in there for another, another little while. It's sort of they understand what the playing field will be like for the next five years. Um, so again, with this this third term, is it going to be three years? Because FDR gave it up after Thatcher gave it up after. Um, you know, Christian was. I think Christian stopped, and then Harper was defeated by Justin Trudeau, and Trudeau has survived two or three elections. Despite lots of people not liking him, he's still being elected. So, um, so what? This is, I guess, this is where is China same, different? What what sort of standing in political atmosphere does China have? Now, keep in mind, Xi Jinping changed the constitution back in two thousand was it seventeen two thousand eighteen? He didn't change it. The constitution was changed, right? But th- that's that's what happened. So. All that being said, I mean, is it going to be three terms? Is it going to be four? Is it going to be lifelong? Is it going to be what? This is this is sort of what the, the big question is. Now, that wasn't a big surprise. But the big surprise was trying to get a newspaper this morning. So I didn't realize that this was going to be an issue. I should have known. I really should have. I mean, given my experience last year trying to get the uh, Renmin Rabao edition of the June, the July 1st, 2021 edition which is the 100th anniversary of the CCP, the 100th anniversary of the uh, uh, the founding of the, the Communist Party of China. I wanted to get that one. It is on Taobao. You can buy it for 90 kwai. My girlfriend's like, you don't really want it, do you? I'm like, lady, I have spent and wasted more stuff, more money on dumber shit than that. <laughs> uh, yes, I mean, think of it. It's like two beers at the, at the bar and you have nothing to show for it after. Uh, most times. Uh, but a, t- a paper, I mean, why not? So this one, we went to three or four, well, I went to five or six total, but there was three or four in the immediate neighborhood that we went to, and they're all like, nah, it's over. The guy by Shuangjing uh, Station, he was like, nah, it was like, just as soon as I opened, they were gone, so they, people were people came up and bought them. The lady across the street by Viva Mall, 
Uh, she said that there was a waiting list that people asked to have a copy held. Uh, and not only that, just before we got there, some guy apparently uh, tried to buy all of the editions of the Beijing Daily, and she refused to sell them all. So, so she held some of them. She actually had them inside the hut instead of on the on the uh, the desk outside. Uh, and so the uh, I, I managed to get one of those. I bought that from her. I also bought the, the Global Times as well. Uh, and then I w- we went across the street, and the other lady was like, "Nah, th- those are gone. Those were gone." When she opened, people were there basically to to buy the thing. So I stopped by a few more uh, along the way. Uh, I had to go up to uh, Liang Machao today, and yeah, they were all just like, "Nah, it's all gone, all done." You can get the Global Times in English. I'm like, I already have that. So I got the Beijing uh, Daily, and then I got the Global Times. Now, why do I want this? It's because what happens is that they publish uh, a picture of the elected leader. And they had one for uh, Deng Xiaoping. Uh, I'm not sure if they showed, uh, they did not show Hu Jintao's, but, uh, which I'll talk about in a minute. Uh, but uh, so the idea is that the, this full page, or like at least a half page image of the newly elected uh, chairman of China. And that's what I wanted. Now I have the Beijing one, but I uh, Beijing Daily, I don't have the Renmin Rabao. No doubt. It'll be on Taobao at some point. It'll cost like 100 kwai. And to me, I'm like, you know, it's 100 kwai, whatever sort of thing. But at the same time, yeah, I can see that why most Chinese people would be like, it's a newspaper. (laughs) Why? What will you do with that? (laughs) Very good question. What will I do with it? Um, Hu Jintao. So he was in the news on Saturday, and this was a big uh, kerfuffle. here in Beijing, and on, of course, Western media jumped on this as if it was a wolves to sheep, wolves just obliterating um, a pen full of sheep or a field full of baby lambs. I mean, it was that everyone was just throwing this around as like proof of you know whatever. And I mean, even I got trolled a couple times as this lady was like, "Can't you see with your own eyes?" I'm like, "I can see if you want." If you watch the full video, it does not look like what the Western media is presenting it as. So what happened? Now, on Saturday, there was a meeting. I guess this was the voting meeting. And they had this bigger deal where uh, all of the members, uh, the old, the senior political leaders were sitting at this one long table. And whatever happens, the foreign media were only allowed at a certain point, in at a certain point. Now, once the foreign media was allowed in, this is what caused such a big uh, problem, was that Hu Jintao, the former chairman of China, uh, Xi Jinping took over uh, from him, right, in 2012. So Hu Jintao left uh, office in 2012 after his two terms, and Xi Jinping assumed control, got voted in. And what happens is that at some point, just after the foreign press is allowed into the building, Hu Jintao is helped out of the room. Now, why? And this is sort of the, the big issue is like, what, what's going on? Like, oh, he was forced out. He was forcibly removed. He was not, he did not. It, I've watched the video, the unedited video. It does not look like he was forced out. Uh, it was look, it looked as if he was actually not entirely sure what was going on sort of thing. There is a part. Uh, and people say that Xi Jinping ignored him. That's not true. Uh, Xi Jinping actually had stood up 
uh, when he when Hu Jintao was first sort of being um, handled, I guess you could say. Uh, and they all stood up and sort of was like, could he get up on his own volition? Was he trying to get up on his own volition? He didn't want to go. He, I mean, no doubt he probably didn't want to leave because this is an important area. But is it because he didn't he didn't approve of what was what was happening of Xi Jinping? Was it because of something else? That I don't know can can be said with such certainty, uh, which is what the media and this one troll was going after. Uh, but I'm telling you, you watch the full video. The guy looks confused. Uh, he, he's 80 years old, right? And as he's leaving, he does um, pat Xi Jinping on the back. And then he also says, uh, uh, also touches another guy on the shoulder. I'm not sure. I couldn't remember who that one is. Uh, I'm not sure if it was another chairman at some point. Uh, the guy before, was it Jin, uh, not Hu Jintao, the uh, Jiang Bo, I, Jiang Min? Don't know. Can't remember. Anyway, you'll have to check those names. So that this is this has caused a huge Twitter explosion, Western media explosion. I ended up posting on Facebook after that. I'm like, listen, this doesn't really change very much. Um, you can watch the video and say that uh, say it's this or that, or try to convince anybody that you know this was a representation of Xi Jinping removing the old people, remo- removing the the retired elders from the picture. And that now it's his way or you're gone sort of thing. I go, I don't know. I see new people coming in to China. Um, I don't see, uh, I mean, I. it doesn't really affect my employment too much. Uh, and I'm still committed to learning Chinese at least a little bit more. So for me, it doesn't change anything. And I don't know anybody else who's really sort of really concerned about this. It... I guess one of the issues was that how Xi Jinping is handling uh, this dynamic COVID, dynamic zero COVID policy. That's the the big uh, question. Is he going to continue or is it going to change? Why all these lockdowns and stuff like that? Uh, You know, very good question. Is it still a concern? Is it not a concern? In Beijing, things are relatively open, although I'm told that there are some lockdowns every now and then, but they're not as stringent as they're not as... um, heavy-handed as they were it's like three days uh, and it's like per com it's in compound specific it's not like neighborhoods or districts or anything like that so uh it's kind of I, whether or not this is going to change it end anytime soon you could also argue about the supply chain like this is disrupting the supply chain which is i hear some financial people are saying it's still causing some reverberations there now is this going to change anytime soon uh, probably not <laughs> probably not um, and since I work from home I guess the big thing is that we just can't leave the city like it, it's it's actually kind of weird that I haven't left Beijing in so long in for so long that uh, it's become almost pretty normal I guess this is what most people would call a normal life you know living a normal settled life uh, is living in the same apartment all the time and not not going anywhere wow that's how it feels Anyway, two other little points here. So this uh, Snowden, Edward Snowden, the, this whistleblower, you know, and the the media or the the people seem to hold this guy up as a uh, um, you know a hero of the people. Well, let's let's consider one other thing that happened. 
So this guy is one of these guys who blew the whistle on the U.S. Uh, CIA government-sponsored spying, big data, you name it. Like, and he was calling out the Tor network, basically. Well, something along those lines, right? What this guy did, he did. He worked for a security agency, uh, network security, whatever it was, and he basically stole a bunch of government information. Like, let's just stop right there. He went into work stole a bunch of stuff, told the media that he has it, releases it, and he's held as a hero for stealing information about the dude, you just crippled the cup. You crippled your own country. You're saying that they're terrible people and literally you just poked them in the eye. That's that's what you did. You say, why are you so blind poking them in the eye? Not only that, he has more. And so the reason why he's back in the government or back in the spotlight, is because the Russian government has granted him citizenship. Now, I'm not sure if this was his endgame for so long. It would be kind of odd if he thought he was going to become Russian. Very hard way. Now, I've said this before. I mean, with Russia, with China, uh, even with places like Japan or South Korea, you can't become a citizen. Like, if you're a Canadian or a foreigner, you're, you can marry, but you, will, you can be a permanent resident, um, in some places at least. You will not be a citizen. You will never have voting rights in that country, in that culture especially. So it, it just won't happen. Um, and now Snowden has it. I think he joins Steven Seagal uh, as being... Did Seagal get citizenship? Did he get a passport? Yes, he must have. Now, here's the other thing. Did Snowden give up his citizenship? To be fair, it's not easy to give up your citizenship. Citizenship. You actually have to make an application. You have to pay a fee. They have to accept the application, and it all takes a very long time. The United States basically stopped uh, making it so easy about five, ten years ago, or something, something along those lines. Even for Canada, I think right now you're not even able to apply for rejecting your Canadian citizenship, uh, at least on the website. I think it was like you might be able to apply next year sort of thing. So they're not processing those applications. Sorry, you're stuck being Canadian for at least a little bit what? A little longer. I know. And they'll probably tax you in that time. But they have to tax you in that time. Uh, the other thing that uh, is sort of um, happening is that uh, Japan has now said that it is going to start rebuilding up its arms supply. And I don't mean the ones that they use to play video games. I mean the ones that they used to, you know, be a major force in World War II. This has been something that a lot of people uh, or some people have been watching that if Japan does this, the power uh, access in uh, or the power shifts in uh, the Pacific, like right on China's doorstep, will shift and they will change. So Japan has been dealing with Russia encroaching on its territory. They've been uh, arguing about territory. They argue with, about territory with South Korea and then also with China. Now, Japan recognizes Taiwan as an independent country, which bothers China. Other reasons, like China and Japan have this very acrimonious, bitter history. I mean, they get along sometimes, but it's pretty much they don't like each other. And it's it's been like that for a very, very long time. And it does not look like it's ever going to be settled 100%. But since World War II, Japan has basically said we will only create a peacekeeping army, uh, military presence. We won't build up any offensive weapons. That's changed. That that has now changed. And with that happening, that means on China's doorstep, where China was 
very confident in its military, its rise of military power, all of a sudden they have this country and this people who they have fought, historically fought for hundreds of years, all of a sudden remilitarizing, basically. <sighs> what did I say about, you know, the bombs dropping on Beijing? I hope not. I mean, that's where I live. I mean, this is, oh, and they could hit Tianjin probably quickly, I think. Oh, that is not good. That is not good at all. Uh, anyway, well, folks, I'm going to leave it there. Enough geopolitical yik-yak today. I had one more point about um, the current state of affairs in Russia and, and in Ukraine, but I'll leave that for another day, I guess. Uh, anyway, yeah, hard not to pay attention to some of this geopolitical stuff. All right, taking enough of your time today. I appreciate it. Sorry for going on about geopolitics, uh, but I thought maybe uh, you guys can sort of, we can all get onto the same wavelength of sort of what's happened over the weekend, because it was a very important weekend with Hu Jintao, Xi Jinping, uh, Snowden getting um, citizenship sort of changes a bit of a uh, view view on, you know, <laughs> what's whistleblowing there. Uh, all right, show notes, tracks, and vids up on my website, stevensersky.com. Uh, today's stream did not work, as I seem to be having some issues with my uh, everything, connections and computers. I have to go into the service on Thursday, I think, to, to get this all checked out. But, all right, we'll leave it there. Thanks again for listening. Appreciate it. We'll talk again. Have a good one. Bye-bye.